Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. If you would, open with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, there should be a Bible in the, one of the chairs there in front of you. If you don't own a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. And so if you don't have one, please see me after the service and we would like to provide that for you. You know, as I look around today, I find myself amazed at what God has done in the life of First Baptist Church. You know, this is my first time to preach in the, in the new worship center. And as I was preparing for the sermon this week, I thought about my good friend, Stuart Lee, and how he used to always tell me when I would preach, just add a little shortening to that sermon. Just add a little shortening. So uh, I can't promise you that I added some shortening, but I'll try. Again, as I look around, I'm amazed at what God has done. You know, over six years ago, when I was interviewing to come to First Baptist Church, our, our former pastor, Pastor Jonathan, he drove me out here. And I remember we came out on the property, and at the time, all that was here was the old pavilion. And nothing else was here. And I remember we were standing out here and looking, and he was telling me what was going to be. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, will I be able to see that through? Because, you know, when, a pa- when God calls a pastor to a church, you don't know how long God's going to leave you in a place. And Pastor Jonathan, at that time, he had no idea how long it was going to take us to get to where we are now. And so I remember asking myself, Lord, will I get to see this? You know, three and a half years ago, our church went through a major transition period. Our pastor, Pastor Jonathan, who was here almost 12 years, was called to another church. And I remember on that first Sunday after he left, I stood before you with a word that God had placed on my heart. And that word can be summed up in this. During this time of transition, we don't need to just hold on. We need to press on. A number of you were here and maybe remember that sermon. And then along came a series of sermons with that being the theme, that we didn't need to just hold on. But we needed to press on. And that's exactly what we did as a church body. We have been through so much in these last three and a half years. And it's not been easy. Those of you that have been here that time know that. We have gone through a lot and it's, it hasn't been easy. We went through a tornado that totally destroyed our pavilion and significantly damaged our discipleship building. Then began the long process of the rebuild, which was challenging. We were dealing with challenges with our insurance company that took what seemed like forever to resolve. We finally completed those projects or were nearing the completion of those projects and then COVID-19 struck the world and we had lockdowns and our church was not able to meet in person for 13 weeks. We weren't able to celebrate Easter together in, per, in person. That is probably the first time in any of our lifetimes that the church doors were closed on Easter Sunday. 
But praise God for technology because we were able to still have a virtual service. Then during the time of lockdowns, as we neared the the time when we would meet again, we relocated during that time. Who would think to relocate in the middle of a pandemic? But we did because we believed that's what God was leading us to do. Then as many of you know, we went through a lot of struggles last summer. And that was hard. We went, we went through the struggles of selling the property in town. That took a lot longer than what we thought it would, particularly because of COVID. And then we had to finish the connector building in this building. But we did. All that we've been through in these last three and a half years has been difficult. It's not been an easy road. But God in His grace has seen us through it. Amen? Again, it's been a hard three and a half years, and we have to acknowledge the fact that it's taken a toll on our congregation. I know today that many of you are tired. Many of you are weary, maybe even discouraged. I know that many of you are hurting. And you know, because we're tired, because we're weary, because we're hurting, the temptation is to pull back. To stop coming maybe for a time. To stop serving for a time. But I stand before you today with a similar message that I gave to you three and a half years ago. And that message is this. Now is not the time to lose heart. Now is not the time to grow weary. But now is the time to press on. Now is the time to press on. And specifically, now is the time to press on in service. Would you pray with me again? Father, may you be glorified in the proclamation of your word. Speak through me, Father. For this is your word, God, and not my own. In Jesus' name, amen. There are two things that I would like to do in the time that we have remaining. First, I want to offer you a word of encouragement from God's Word. And secondly, I want to offer you or issue you a challenge from God's Word. So if you would, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word? Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of faith. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word. You may be seated. Paul begins with a word of encouragement. Do not lose heart in doing good or do not or what he's saying is do not lose heart in your serving in the doing of good which is service you see having begun well in their life in the spirit the galatian church was in danger they were in danger of losing their first love because they had been diverted from their witness and their service they had been diverted by petty bickering and self-concern 
You see, these divisions within the church had led to a weariness, to fatigue, and to a lack of interest about active engagement in Christian work. And Paul says, look, I know you're tired. I know you're disheartened, you're discouraged. But do not lose heart in doing good. You see, church discouragement is one of the main weapons that Satan uses against Christians. He does it to keep us from faithfully serving the Lord. Well, what are some causes of our discouragement? Overextending ourselves, both physically and emotionally, can lead to discouragement in the body of Christ. Overextending ourselves, both physically and emotionally, can lead to discouragement. You see, the problem is is that too many of us are living conflicted lives. You see, we're trying to pursue the things of God, yet while simultaneously pursuing the things of this world. And you can't do both. You see, too many Christians today are, tr- are, are busy trying to live, quote-unquote, the good life, right? A life of comfort, a life of leisure, of pleasure, instead of seeking to live their lives for the kingdom of God. We know this because we can see it in our schedules, right? Our schedules are so consumed with a never-ending list of activities, right? Things that we do for enjoyment, maybe we're constantly on the run, going off and doing things, constantly traveling uh, out of town multiple uh, times throughout the month. We're busy with our hobbies, busy with work, busy running our, running our kids around with all of their extracurricular activities, right? Our schedules are full and we're overextended. And because of that, how can we expect to be full-time contributors to the body of Christ when we're full-time consumers of the things of this world? How can we expect to be full-time contributors to the body of Christ when we are full-time consumers to the things of this world? Jesus told us in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 24, No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. I recently heard it said, If you're too busy to serve the kingdom of God, then you're just too busy. If you're too busy to serve the kingdom of God, then maybe you're just too busy. Second source of discouragement, a lack of spiritual health. A lack of spiritual health can lead to discouragement in our service. You see, we cannot faithfully nor effectively serve if we're disconnected from God. You know, a phone charger is useless unless you plug it into an outlet, right? You will get no power unless you plug it into the power source. It's the same with our walk with God. If we are not connected with God, how can we expect to have power? So I would ask today, how connected are you to the Lord? Do you daily spend significant time in God's Word? I want to hear what I just said, and I want to focus on two words. First, do you daily, daily 
If the only time that you open up your Bible is when you come to church on Sunday morning, then I'm sorry to tell you this. Maybe I'm not sorry. You're spiritually malnourished. If you just open your Bible once a week, you will be spiritually malnourished. And then the second word is, do you daily spend significant time in God's Word? You know, while the five-minute fast food devotional books are helpful, they ultimately will not provide you with the nourishment that you need to grow in your walk with Christ. You have to spend significant time. Again, some time in the Bible is better than no time, but you need to spend significant time in God's Word. But along with studying the Word of God, you have to also take time to meditate on the Word of God. That's why you need significant time, not just the little drive-by Scripture reading. Because you need the time to meditate on God's Word. And then to take that Word and apply it to your life. To live out the Word. Or as Pastor Steve says, to do the book. James 1, 22 and 24 says, But prove yourself, what? Doers of the Word. And not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. You know, along with spending daily and significant time in the word of God, spending time meditating on that word and applying that word into our lives, We need to spend significant time in prayer. So I would ask today, what does your prayer life look like? You see, prayer is to spiritual life what breathing is to our physical lives. If you stop breathing, what happens? You pass out. And ultimately, prolonged uh, lack of oxygen leads to death. If we are not in constant communication with our Lord, we're going to suffer. So I'd say if you find yourself weary of service, if you find yourself discouraged today, I would ask, or maybe say, maybe your spiritual life is out of balance and you need to evaluate that. Another reason why we can become discouraged is that perhaps we allow other Christians' discouragement and weariness to influence our own thoughts and feelings. It's possible to be around other Christians in the church who are not serving and don't seem to care that they're not serving. And before we know it, we get so frustrated and discouraged that we quit serving. You know, the lack of service of other Christians in the church should not lead us to follow suit. If anything, it should lead us to be more diligent in our service for the kingdom. So what are some reasons for us to press on to not lose heart, but to keep serving. First, Paul tells us that there will be a harvest. Again, notice verse 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. You know, farmers have a pretty good idea of how long it takes to go through the process of planting, growing, and harvesting. They generally know how long that will take. However, When it comes to planting the seeds of spiritual faith, that's not the case. We don't know how long 
it will take for the seeds of faith to grow in the life of an individual. And because of that, it's quite easy to grow discouraged, especially when we're not seeing maybe steady growth, when we don't see the fruits of all of our labor. But you see, planning and caring for the seeds of faith in an individual's life, it takes a lot of work. And yes, it, that work can be, be wearisome. But our responsibility is simply to be faithful to plant the seed. God is the one who handles the growth and who brings about the harvest. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, the Bible says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. You see, serving the Lord in His church is never a waste of our time. It is never a waste of our time. Church, the harvest is coming. That is certain. Again, for in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. You see, we serve a sovereign God who has promised that when His word goes forth, it will not, what? Return void. The famous missionary William Carey arrived in India in 1793 with a burden to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who had never heard it at that time. And for seven years, William Carey faithfully preached the word of God week after week, month after month, day after day, and yet not a single native convert was made. Can you imagine how wearisome he probably was? How discouraged to faithfully serve, faithfully share for seven years and have absolutely no response. But through the years of struggle and doubt, Carey wrote back to his sisters in England on numerous occasions. And on one occasion he said, quote, I feel as a farmer does about his crops. Sometimes I think the seed is springing and... And thus I hope. A little blast all and my hopes are gone like a cloud. They were only weeds which appeared. Or if a little corn sprung up, it quickly dies. Being either choked with weeds or parched up by the sun of persecution. Yet, I still hope in God. And will go forth in His strength. And make mention of His righteousness. Even of His only. End quote. Carey faithfully served for seven years. He kept preaching the word of God. And then on December 28, 1800, Carey baptized in the Ganges River his first Hindu convert, a carpenter named Krishna Paul. And as a result of seven years of faithful planting of seeds of faith, this man was delivered from the grip of paganism and into the glorious truths of the gospel. And from there, the gospel began to spread in India. Jesus told his disciples, Lift up your eyes. Look at the fields. They are white for harvest. The harvest is there, church. We just have to pick up our eyes. Because what's our natural inclination when we're 
down and discouraged? How do we carry ourselves like this, right? With our head down. But Jesus is saying, lift up your eyes. The field is white with harvest. We also need to be patient. When it comes to pressing on in our service, sowing seeds of faith, we have to be patient. James 5, 7 through 8 tells us, Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and late rains. You too, be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Again, it's also a true statement that we will not always reap a harvest in this life. Some of the best blessings are reserved for heaven. And unfortunately, we will not be able to see the full impact of our work in this life. But one day, when we go to heaven, we'll see the impact that we had. I can promise you this, church. Faithful service to the Lord always leads to God's blessings. Faithful service to the Lord always leads to God's blessings. But the blessing may not be how we think it's going to be. The blessing could be, and is in a lot of times, the impact that we made in somebody's life. I've been blessed by so many people in my life. Growing up in South Texas in my home church in Port Lavaca, so many people, so many people poured into my life, taught me about God's word how to love God, how to serve God. They modeled for me faithful service. They impacted my life. And I know many of you today could name people, people in this church that have had an impact on your walk with God because they faithfully continued to pour into you. We have to be patient. Why should we press on in service? Most importantly, because it's who we are. It's who we are. As Christians, to, 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 to grow tired and weary of service is to grow tired and weary of God's plan and God's will for your life. I want you to hear me. To grow tired and weary of service is to grow tired and weary of God's plan and his will for your life. You say, Pastor, how can you say that? Well, I'm not saying it. God says it. He says it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for what? For good works. That's service. Which God prepared beforehand. Why? So that we could walk in them. Right? So that we would walk in them. God has created these opportunities for us to serve. It is his will for you to serve him. You see, when we decide to stop serving to stop giving to God's church, we're in direct conflict with God's will and His plan for our lives. You see, a Christian choosing not to serve would be like a fish choosing not to swim or a bird choosing not to fly. It's contrary to their nature. And it is contrary to the nature of a Christian to not serve. It's who we are, church. Now for the challenge. Verse 10. So then, while we have opportunity, 
Let us do good to all people, and especially those who are of the household of faith. We need to press on in our service. Why? Because our time is limited. Our time is limited. He says, so then, while we have opportunity. I know you know this, but time is precious. It is more valuable than all of the gold in the world. And why? Because no matter how much money you have, you can't buy back time. Once it's gone, it's gone. Which leads me to wonder, how many opportunities to serve the kingdom of God have we allowed to pass us by? How many opportunities pass us by each day because we're so consumed not with sowing seeds of faith or seeds of the kingdom, but we're so consumed with sowing the seeds of the flesh. We're so consumed with our own world, our own lives. How many opportunities have we allowed to pass by because we're not paying attention, we're not tuned in? But here's a harder question. How many opportunities have we knowingly let pass us by? Where the opportunity to serve has been presented to us, and yet we've said, I don't want to do that. It's not not convenient for me. That doesn't fit into my schedule because my schedule is filled with things that I want to do, and I don't really want to do that. How many opportunities to serve the kingdom of God have we knowingly let pass us by. Our time is limited, and we must spend it wisely. We must invest our time and our resources into the things of God, because the things of God carry eternal weight. They will have an eternal impact. And if we invest our time, energy, and resources into the things of this world, rather than the kingdom of God, then I think it's safe to say at the end of our lives that we would have to say that our lives have been a failure. If we have just lived for ourselves and not for God, then our lives have been a failure. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. All people. Why do we press on in service? Because the world needs Christians with a servant's heart. The world needs Christians with a servant's heart. Because you see, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the hands and feet of Jesus to a hurting world. We are the ones who are to provide those words of comfort when those around us are hurting, when they're suffering. We are the ones who possess the feet that carry the good news of the gospel to a lost and dying world. This is how we let our light shine, church. It is our service that that shows who we are. Because you see, it's not only through our words that we witness to the lost, but through our actions. And it is those actions that earn us the right to then share the words of the gospel. The world needs Christians with a servant's heart. Let us do good to all people, 
And then Paul says, and especially to those who are the household of faith. Not only do we serve non-believers, but Paul says, especially those that are in the church. The church needs you. Your church needs you. First Baptist needs you. We have to prioritize the local church. Now, hear me. While it's good to be involved with parachurch organizations, parachurch ministries, there's a place for serving in those ministries. But hear me. Parachurch organizations, parachurch ministries should never take precedence over serving your local church. The local church is our primary family. It's where we receive nourishment. It's where we receive encouragement and support. Where we benefit from teaching and training. Where we find community. The local church is our spiritual home. And those that we gather with each week are our brothers and sisters. Men and women have a responsibility to care for their needs of their own family first before they can help others. If your family is starving, are you going to go out and feed the starving in the community before you take care of your family? No, you're going to take care of the needs of your family so that then you can turn your attention to those outside of the family. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying do good to all people, but especially those in the household of faith, right? We have to make sure that we are taking care of one another and ministering to one another, reaching one another, meeting one another's needs. Again, church family, First Baptist Church needs you. We need you. We need you to continue to faithfully give. And when I talk about giving, I'm not just talking about financial giving. Yes, that's part of it. But I'm talking about we need you to give of your time, to to give of your presence just being here, to give of your spiritual gifts because God has gifted you with so many gifts. And he doesn't gift us with these gifts for our own use, but he gives us spiritual gifts so that we can minister to one another. God wants to use First Baptist Church to make an impact for His kingdom in this community. But if First Baptist is going to do that, it's going to require the entire body of of First Baptist Church working together, each one of us using our gifts, serving one another, and serving our community for the glory of God. For the disciple, service in the kingdom is not a choice. It's our privilege and it's our responsibility. Service is not the same thing as volunteering. We need to make a distinction between those two words. You see, when you volunteer for something, you get to choose whether you do that or not. But you see, nowhere in Scripture does Christ call us to volunteer for things. Christ calls us to follow Him and to serve Him. The Bible never speaks about Christians as volunteers. It speaks of us as servants. See, the church doesn't need more volunteers. And when I say church, I'm not just talking about First Baptist Church. I'm talking about the Big C Church. The church doesn't need just more volunteers. The church needs more servants. 
I wonder if there's anyone here today who would say, Pastor, I'm weary, I'm tired, I am discouraged. Maybe there's some here today that are contemplating stepping down from the ministries in which they serve here at the church. If that's you, again, I want to offer you a word of encouragement today. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Press on. We need you. The kingdom needs you. Again, I understand that there are certain seasons in life where we get overwhelmed. And I, and I acknowledge the fact that everyone at times needs to catch their breath. Okay? But there's a difference between catching your breath and taking an indefinite break. Do you hear me? There's a big difference between taking a moment to catch your breath and taking an indefinite break from service. Don't allow your weariness to rob you of the blessing that God has for you. Maybe you're here today and you've already checked out in regards to service. You've already removed yourself from the race. It's just a struggle just to show up to church. Maybe you're just showing up simply out of habit. Again, I just want to encourage you, it's not too late. We serve a God who can breathe in new life into your weary spirit. God specializes in comeback stories. Scripture is filled with men and women who came back from a lot of things, who went through a lot, but yet they came back and they faithfully served God. Never forget you have a Savior who understands you. Jesus knew what it meant to be tired, right? Jesus knows what it means to be weary. When he was on earth, do you think he wasn't tired? People were constantly pulling at him, needing something from him. But yet Jesus continued to faithfully serve his heavenly father. Here in a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And I wonder, maybe during this time, if one of those two things describes you, maybe during this time, maybe you need to spend some time in prayer. Maybe God's calling you to recommit yourself to service for the kingdom. Maybe you're here today and the seeds of faith have never been planted into your life. Well, this morning, we want to provide you with an opportunity to believe in the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. You know, John 3.16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him will what? Not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be what? Saved through him. God's arms are open to you today. He's offering forgiveness of your sins and he's offering you eternal life. And the great news is, is it's so simple. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9 and 11, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what? You will be saved. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If that's you today, I would ask you, would you come forward today and receive Christ? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God,
Thank you, Father, again for the opportunity to share your word this morning. God, I know that it's easy to get down, to get discouraged, to want to pull back. But God, you don't call us to pull back, to stop serving. God, you've called us to press on. God, may we lean into you today to be our strength, God. God, may you be glorified. May you move now in this time of invitation. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing?